This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Essays of Francis Bacon. Essay 20 Of Counsel. The greatest trust between man and man is the trust of giving counsel. For in other confidences, men commit the parts of life, their lands, their goods, their children, their credit, some particular affair. But to such as they make their counsellors, they commit the whole. By how much the more they are obliged to all faith and integrity. The wisest princes need not think it any diminution to their greatness, or derogation to their sufficiency, to rely upon counsel. God himself is not without, but hath made it one of the great names of his blessed Son, the Counselor. Solomon hath pronounced that in counsel is stability. Things will have their first or second agitation. If they be not tossed upon the arguments of counsel, they will be tossed upon the waves of fortune, and be full of inconstancy, doing and undoing, like the reeling of a drunken man. Solomon's son found the force of counsel, as his father saw the necessity of it. For the beloved kingdom of God was first rent and broken by ill counsel. Upon which counsel there are set for our instruction the two marks whereby bad counsel is for ever best discerned. That it was young counsel for the person, and violent counsel for the matter. The ancient times do set forth in figure both the incorporation and inseparable conjunction of counsel with kings, and the wise and politic use of counsel by kings. The one, in that they say Jupiter did marry Metis, which signifieth counsel, whereby they intend that sovereignty is married to counsel. The other, in that which followeth, which was thus. They say, after Jupiter was married to Metis, she conceived by him and was with child. But Jupiter suffered her not to stay, till she brought forth, but eat her up. Whereby he became himself with child, and was delivered of Pallas armed out of his head. Which monstrous fable containeth a secret of empire, how kings are to make use of their council of state, that first they ought to refer matters unto them, which is the first begetting or impregnation. But when they are elaborate, molded, and shaped in the womb of their council, and grow ripe, and be ready to be brought forth, that then they suffer not their counsel to go through with the resolution and direction as if it depended upon them, but take the matter back into their own hands, and make it appear to the world that the decrees and final directions which, because they come forth with prudence and power, are resembled to palace armed, proceeded from themselves, and not only from their authority, but the more to add reputation to themselves, from their head and device. Let us now speak of the inconveniences of counsel and of the remedies. The inconveniences that have been noted in calling and using counsel are three. First, the revealing of affairs, whereby they become less secret. Secondly, the weakening of the authority of princes, 
as if they were less of themselves. Thirdly, the danger of being unfaithfully counseled, and more for the good of them that counsel than of him that is counseled. For which inconveniences the doctrine of Italy and practice of France in some king's times hath introduced cabinet councils, a remedy worse than the disease. As to secrecy, princes are not bound to communicate all matters with all counsellors, but may extract and select. Neither is it necessary that he that consulteth what he should do, should declare what he will do. But let princes beware that the unsecreting of their affairs comes not from themselves. And as for cabinet councils, it may be their motto, plenus rimarum sum. One futile person that maketh it his glory to tell, will do more hurt than many that know it their duty to conceal. It is true there be some affairs which require extreme secrecy, which will hardly go beyond one or two persons besides the king. Neither are those counsels unprosperous. For besides the secrecy, they commonly go on constantly, in one spirit of direction, without distraction. But then, it must be a prudent king, such as is able to grind with a hand-mill. And those inward counsellors need also be wise men, and especially true and trusty to the king's ends, as it was with King Henry the Seventh of England, who, in his great business, imparted himself to none, except it were to Morton and Fox. For weakening of authority, the fable showeth the remedy. Nay, the majesty of kings is rather exalted than diminished, when they are in the chair of council. Neither was there ever prince bereaved of his dependences by his council, except where there hath been either an over-greatness in one counsellor, or an over-strict combination in diverse, which are things soon found and hopen. For the last inconvenience, that men will counsel with an eye to themselves, certainly non inveniet fidem super terum is meant, of the nature of times, and not of all particular persons. There be that are in nature faithful and sincere and plain and direct, not crafty and involved. Let princes, above all, draw to themselves such natures. Besides, counsellors are not commonly so united, but that one counsellor keepeth sentinel over another. So that if any do counsel out of faction or private ends, it commonly comes to the king's ear. But the best remedy is, if princes know their counsellors as well as their counsellors know them. Principis est virtus maxima nosi sus. And on the other side, counsellors should not be too speculative into their sovereign's person. The true composition of a counsellor is rather to be skilful in their master's business than in his nature for then he is like to advise him, and not feed his humor. It is of singular use to princes, if they take the opinions of their counsel both separately and together. For private opinion is more free, but opinion before others is more reverent. In private, men are more bold in their own humors, and in consort, men are more obnoxious to others' humors. Therefore it is good to take both, and of the inferior sort, rather in private, to preserve freedom, of the greater, rather in consort, 
to preserve respect. It is in vain for princes to take counsel concerning matters, if they take no counsel likewise concerning persons. For all matters are as dead images, and the life of the execution of affairs resteth in the good choice of persons. Neither is it enough to consult concerning persons, secundum genera, as in an idea, or mathematical description, what the kind and character of the person should be. For the greatest errors are committed, and the most judgment is shown, in the choice of individuals. It was truly said, Optimi conciliari mortui. Books will speak plain, when counsellors blanch. Therefore it is good to be conversant in them, especially the books of such as themselves have been actors upon the stage. The councils at this day, in most places, are but familiar meetings where matters are rather talked on than debated, and they run too swift to the order or act of council. It were better that in causes of weight the matter were propounded one day, and not spoken to till the next day. In nocte concilium. So was it done in the commission of union between England and Scotland which was a grave and orderly assembly. I commend set days for petitions, for both it gives the suitors more certainty for their attendance, and it frees the meetings for matters of estate, that they may hoc agiri. In choice of committees, for ripening business for the council, it is better to choose indifferent persons than to make an indifferency, by putting in those that are strong on both sides. I commend also standing commissions, as for trade, for treasure, for war, for suits, for some provinces. For where there be diverse particular councils, and but one council of a state, as it is in Spain, they are in effect no more than standing commissions, save that they have greater authority. Let such as are to inform councils out of their particular professions, as lawyers, seamen, mintmen, and the like, be first heard before committees, and then, as occasion serves, before the council. And let them not come in multitudes, or in tribunitous manner, for that is to clamor councils, not to inform them. A long table and a square table, or seats about the walls, seem things of form, but are things of substance. For at a long table, a few at the upper end, in effect, sway all the business, but in the other form there is more use of the counsellor's opinions that sit lower. A king, when he presides in council, let him beware how he opens his own inclination too much in that which he propoundeth, for else counsellors will but take the wind of him, and instead of giving free counsel, sing him a song of placebo. Essay 21 of delays. Fortune is like the market, where many times if you can stay a little, the price will fall. Again, it is sometimes like Sibylla's offer, which at first offereth the commodity at full, then consumeth part and part, and still holdeth up the price. For occasion, as it is in the common verse, turneth a bald noddle, after she hath presented her locks in front, and no hold taken or at least turneth the handle of the bottle, first to be received, and after the belly, which is hard to clasp. 
there is surely no greater wisdom than well to time the beginnings and onsets of things. Dangers are no more light if they once seem light, and more dangers have deceived men than forced them. Nay, it were better to meet some dangers halfway, though they come nothing near, than to keep too long a watch upon their approaches. For if a man watch too long, it is odds he will fall asleep. On the other side, to be deceived with too long shadows, as some have been when the moon was low and shone on their enemy's back, and so to shoot off before the time, or to teach dangers to come on by over early buckling towards them, is another extreme. The ripeness or unripeness of the occasion, as we said, must ever be well weighed, and generally it is good to commit the beginnings of all great actions to Argus, with his hundred eyes, and the ends to Briareus, with his hundred hands, first to watch, and then to speed. For the helmet of Pluto, which maketh the politic man go invisible, is secrecy in the council, and celerity in the execution. For when things are once come to the execution, there is no secrecy comparable to celerity, like the motion of a bullet in the air, which flieth so swift as it outruns the eye. Essay 22 Of Cunning we take cunning for a sinister or crooked wisdom, and certainly there is a great difference between a cunning man and a wise man, not only in point of honesty, but in point of ability. There be that can pack the cards, and yet cannot play well. So there are some that are good in canvases and factions, that are otherwise weak men. Again, it is one thing to understand persons, and another thing to understand matters. For many are perfect in men's humors, that are not greatly capable of the real part of business, which is the constitution of one that hath studied men more than books. Such men are fitter for practice than for counsel, and they are good but in their own alley. Turn them to new men, and they have lost their aim. So as the old rule to know a fool from a wise man, Mite ambos nudos ad ignotos et vidibis doth scarce hold for them. And because these cunning men are like haberdashers of small wares, it is not amiss to set forth their shop. It is a point of cunning to wait upon him with whom you speak with your eye, as the Jesuits give it in precept, for there be many wise men that have secret hearts and transparent countenances. Yet this would be done with a demure abasing of your eye, sometimes as the Jesuits also do use. Another is, that when you have anything to obtain of present dispatch, you entertain and amuse the party with whom you deal, with some other discourse, that he be not too much awake to make objections. I knew a counsellor and secretary, that never came to Queen Elizabeth of England with bills to sign, but he would always first put her into some discourse of estate, that she ought the less mind the bills. The like surprise may be made, by moving things when the party is in haste, and cannot stay to consider advisedly of that is moved. If a man would cross a business, that he doubts some other would handsomely and effectually move, 
let him pretend to wish it well, and move it himself in such sort as may foil it. The breaking off in the midst of that one was about to say, as if he took himself up, breeds a greater appetite in him with whom you confer to no more. And because it works better, when anything seemeth to be gotten from you by question, than if you offer it of yourself, you may lay a bait for a question, by showing another visage and countenance than you are wont. To the end to give occasion for the party to ask, what the matter is of the change, as Nehemiah did, and I had not before that time been sad before the king. In things that are tendered and unpleasing, it is good to break the ice by some whose words are of less weight, and to reserve the more weighty voice to come in as by chance, so that he may be asked the question upon the other speech, as Narcissus did relating to Claudius the marriage of Messalina and Silius. In things that a man would not be seen in himself, it is a point of cunning to borrow the name of the world, as to say, the world says, or there is a speech abroad. I knew one that, when he wrote a letter, he would put that which was most material in the postscript, as if it had been a by-matter. I knew another that, when he came to have speech, he would pass over that that he intended most, and go forth and come back again, and speak of it as a thing that he had almost forgot. Some procure themselves to be surprised at such times as it is like the party that they work upon will suddenly come upon them, and to be found with a letter in their hand, or doing somewhat which they are not accustomed. To the end, they may be opposed of those things which of themselves they are desirous to utter. It is a point of cunning to let fall those words in a man's own name, which he would have another man learn and use, and thereupon take advantage. I knew two that were competitors for the secretary's place in Queen Elizabeth's time, and yet kept good quarter between themselves, and would confer one with another upon the business. And the one of them said, that to be a secretary in the declination of a monarchy was a ticklish thing, and that he did not affect it. The other straight caught up those words, and discoursed with diverse of his friends, that he had no reason to desire to be secretary in the declination of a monarchy. The first man took hold of it, and found means it was told the queen, who hearing of a declination of a monarchy, took it so ill, as she would never after hear of the other's suit. There is a cunning which we in England call the turning of the cat in the pan, which is, when that which a man says to another, he lays it as if another had said it to him. And to say the truth, it is not easy, when such a matter passed between two, to make it appear from which of them it first moved and began. It is a way that some men have to glance and dart at others, by justifying themselves by negatives, as to say, This I do not, as Tigellinus did towards Burrus, se non diversus spes, sed incolumitatum imperatoris, simpliciter spectare. Some have in readiness so many tales and stories, as there is nothing they would insinuate, but they can wrap it into a tale, 
which serveth both to keep themselves more in guard, and to make others carry it with more pleasure. It is a good point of cunning for a man to shape the answer he would have in his own words and propositions, for it makes the other party stick the less. It is strange how long some men will lie in wait to speak somewhat they desire to say, and how far about they will fetch, and how many other matters they will beat over to come near it. It is a thing of great patience, but yet of much use. A sudden, bold, and unexpected question doth many times surprise a man and lay him open. Like to him that, having changed his name and walking in Paul's, another suddenly came behind him and called him by his true name, whereat straightways he looked back. But these small wares and petty points of cunning are infinite, and it were a good deed to make a list of them, for that nothing doth more hurt in a state than that cunning men pass for wise. But certainly some there are that know the resorts and falls of business, that cannot sink into the main of it, like a house that hath convenient stairs and entries, but never a fair room. Therefore you shall see them find out pretty looses in the conclusion, but are no ways able to examine or debate matters. Therefore you shall see them find out pretty loose in the conclusion, but are no ways able to examine or debate matters. And yet commonly they take advantage of their inability, and would be thought wits of direction. Some build rather upon the abusing of others, and, as we now say, putting tricks upon them than upon soundness of their own proceedings. But Solomon saith, Prudens advertit ad gressus sus, stultus divertit ad dolos. Essay 23 Of Wisdom for a Man's Self An ant is a wise creature for itself, but it is a shrewd thing in an orchard or garden. And certainly men that are great lovers of themselves waste the public. Divide the reason between self-love and society, and be so true to thyself as thou be not false to others, specially to thy king and country. It is a poor center of a man's actions himself. It is right earth for that only stands fast upon his own center, whereas all things that have affinity with the heavens move upon the center of another, which they benefit. The referring of all to a man's self is more tolerable in a sovereign prince, because themselves are not only themselves, but their good and evil is at the peril of the public fortune. But it is a desperate evil in a servant to a prince, or a citizen in a republic. For whatsoever affairs pass such a man's hands, he crooketh them to his own ends, which must needs be often eccentric to the ends of his master or state. Therefore let princes or states choose such servants as have not this mark, except they mean their service should be made but the accessory. That which maketh the effect more pernicious is that all proportion is lost. It were disproportion enough for the servant's good to be preferred before the master's. But yet it is a greater extreme when a little good of the servant shall carry things against a great good of the master's. And yet that is the case of bad officers, treasurers, ambassadors, generals, 
and other false and corrupt servants, which set a bias upon their bull of their own petty ends and envies, to the overthrow of their master's great and important affairs. And for the most part, the good such servants receive is after the model of their own fortune, but the hurt they sell for that good is after the model of their master's fortune. And certainly it is the nature of extreme self-lovers, as they will set an house on fire, and it were but to roast their eggs. And yet these men many times hold credit with their masters, because their study is but to please them and profit themselves. And for either respect, they will abandon the good of their affairs. Wisdom for a man's self is, in many branches thereof, a depraved thing. It is the wisdom of rats, that will be sure to leave a house somewhat before it fall. It is the wisdom of the fox, that thrusts out the badger who digged and made room for him. It is the wisdom of crocodiles, that shed tears when they would devour. But that which is specially to be noted is, that those which, as Cicero says of Pompey, are sui, amantes, sini, rivoli, are many times unfortunate. And whereas they have all their times sacrificed to themselves, they become in the end themselves sacrifices to the inconstancy of fortune, whose wings they thought, by their self-wisdom, to have pinioned. Essay 24 of Innovations As the births of living creatures at first are ill-shapen, so are all innovations which are the births of time. Yet notwithstanding, as those that first bring honor into their family are commonly more worthy than most that succeed, so the first precedent, if it be good, is seldom attained by imitation. For ill, to man's nature, as it stands perverted, hath a natural motion, strongest in continuance, but good as a forced motion, strongest at first. Surely every medicine is an innovation, and he that will not apply new remedies must expect new evils. For time is the greatest innovator, and if time of course alter things to the worse, and wisdom and counsel shall not alter them to the better, what shall be the end? It is true that what is settled by custom, though it be not good, yet at least it is fit, and those things which have long gone together are, as it were, confederate within themselves, whereas new things piece not so well. But though they help by their utility, yet they trouble by their inconformity. Besides, they are like strangers more admired and less favored. All this is true if time stood still, which contrariwise moveth so round that a froward retention of custom is as turbulent a thing as an innovation and they that reverence too much old times are but a scorn to the new. It were good, therefore, that men in their innovations would follow the example of time itself, which indeed innovateth greatly, but quietly, by degrees scarce to be perceived. For otherwise, whatsoever is new is unlooked for, and ever it mends some and pairs others, and he that is hopen takes it for a fortune and thanks the time and he that is hurt for a wrong, and imputeth it to the author. It is good also not to try experiments in states, 
except the necessity be urgent, or the utility evident. And well to beware, that it be the reformation that draweth on the change, and not the desire of change, that pretendeth the reformation. And lastly, that the novelty, though it be not rejected, yet be held for a suspect. And, as the scripture saith, that we make a stand upon the ancient way, and then look about us, and discover what is the straight and right way, and so to walk in it. End of The Essays of Francis Bacon Essay 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24